On today's general admission, Brett and I discuss the new Sum 41 album news, get into some festival talk, we have our first ever guest on to discuss the new Weezer EP, and we wrap up the show with some voicemails. Okay, let's do it. Okay, episode two, here we are. Hi, Brett. Hey, Nick. What's going on? Another week, another week of great music. Oh, yeah. So much to get to. I'm very excited. Um, I want to jump right into this because it just kind of broke like an hour ago. You sent it over to me. Sum 41, double album, back to their roots of All Killer, No Filler. How excited are you? Very excited at the news. A little nervous about the double album. I have many thoughts on double albums. But if we're at least one of them, it was going to be like all killer, no filler. I'm all for that. Especially if it was like he's he made it because he had no like bonus tracks that they're on, I guess, the 20th anniversary edition. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading that as as well. They they wanted to do like a, like a like you said, like a 20th anniversary edition. And he just I guess they didn't have extra tracks. And then he wrote a couple in that style and realized how much he liked it. So he's sticking with it. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I don't think they ever like jumped away from the sound that much, though. That they need. I was to surprised when you said that. Yeah, like I guess they got more metal as they went on. I mean, well, um, was it Underclass Hero was had was a little maybe soft, a little poppier. Yeah, which I love that album. But um, I was listening to their last most recent because I was trying to remember what they've been up to. Um, I had the one uh, 13 or something, something 13. Um, but they had that song War on it. And then um, that was like a big single. Um, but they were just like heavy. They're underrated like metal guitarists, I think. People and then yeah. getting Brown sound back in the band helped too. Because like he was the one that was always shredding alongside Derek. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that I feel like brought them back to those roots. And now we're actually getting that one fully back to those roots. But... I don't know. Do you get nervous with double albums, or is that just me? Uh, it depends on the band. Like, I don't know. Some forty one I've been with for so long. Like, a ton of songs. It's just more songs that are potentially great. And if there's duds in there, and it winds up being a normal album's amount of good songs, then that's fine. I think that's like the catch yeah. there. Because, like, if you have, like, enough good songs, like, make that the one album. But I guess if it's very, like, different, but it's different styles, he was saying. Yeah. It looks like, because I know he wanted to do All Clear No Filler and then, like, kind of some more softer stuff, like, about his family and wife and kids and everything, I think I was reading. I'm, I'm down with that, though, because their, their soft songs are, are great. Um, they do know how to make a ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Some say. Um, it's a good one off Chuck um underclass hero with um, you yeah that one. Oh man yeah so like they're they're great all right maybe at... i'm overreacting <laughs> i think i'm happens. so scarred from green day honestly now i think about it uno dos, uno dos tray. oh man yeah that, that did a lot of damage to my psyche yeah especially did those no um did those follow american idiot or was there one before 
that was after uh was it 21st century breakdown yes okay which anything following american idiot is going to be tough because that album was a masterpiece but yeah uno dos trey threw so many songs at us at once that it does kind of scare me off when that happens now that i'm thinking about it it's overwhelming yeah even when bands release like more than one album in a year i wind up neglecting one of them usually it's just so many songs to get to except unless you're weezer and you put out seven song eps then yes more on that later <laughs> though so yes <laughs> i have many thoughts on spring season um but yeah we'll we'll get there um yeah, the Sum 41 album he's calling Heaven and Hell, which kind of, now that I'm thinking about what you just said, with the one side being kind of softer and family, that'd probably be heaven, I would hope, unless he's Hopefully. <laughs> a really unhappy um, home life. <laughs> Maybe it could be hell. Um, I hope not, for his sake. <laughs> it's been through enough, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about driving around, uh, was it LA, wherever he lives with his wife and his infant just trying to like get his infant to sleep and that's where he started writing a lot of these songs so should be interesting um no release date though right as of no. yet no no i was i was trying to find one i didn't i didn't see anything about a release date but hopefully by the time we see them we have something to kind of take into that show yeah i i would think they gotta have a, a few singles by then like because they they talked about touring in the in that rolling stone interview and he said a new album is kind of like a necessary evil to touring which is ironic because they're touring on a 20 year old album yeah <laughs> so i guess it's not a necessary evil but whatever um yeah because all killer no filler they can play through that album in like 25 minutes so and still have plenty of set left <laughs> yeah i wonder who's gonna headline that show um they should i would think over simple plan I would kind of hope nothing against Simple Plan, but if I want one band to like take us out into the night, let Sum 41 do it. I think they're just bigger too. Yeah. Yeah. Simple Better Plans, albums as a whole. Like I, I saw a press release from them and they were talking about how like I'm just a kid is like a TikTok trend. So I don't know. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> so if that's what's inspiring you to tour then maybe you're not like as huge as it used to be but i mean whatever it's gonna be it's a great album that they're touring like, on so it's perfect the next trend <laughs> oh my god uh perfect and uh yeah i was gonna say the reason but that's who was thank <laughs> it's basically the same song same t same time frame i think <laughs> yeah yeah especially you 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 worked in grocery stores a lot of, or a lot of your life, right? And they and ruined I, so many songs for me. Yeah, I think Perfect and The Reason were both heavy on the Stop and Shop playlist, which... <laughs> oh, so it was Welcome to My Life was on there, too. A oh, simple plan. Oh, God. Yeah, which at first you're like, sweet, I'm at work and there's a song I like. And then by like your second year, bringing up apples and bananas, you <laughs> just kill yourself. We've had a bad day blasting in the background. <laughs> oh my god. That's why I hate that Spice Girl song, Wannabe. Because they used to just like... But that was on there. Shop and shop. God, I hate that song. Alright, that's the last I ever want to mention that song on this podcast. Last question. Do we think do we think Shop and Shop had a Spotify playlist? <laughs> Someone must have done it. 
<laughs> I'm gonna type it in right now. Stop and shop. I never thought to look before until just right now. Stop and shop radio. Is it seriously on there? All I want. I hope you're happy. I don't recognize many of these. Some Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, some Brian Fallon. That's nice. Matchbox 20. Kind of what you'd expect. Oh, no. Are they ruining Brian Fallon for, like, poor, like, produce workers? <laughs> it's always so strange when those when there's crossovers like that. Like, you you read uh, um, Sellout by Dan Ozzy. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, did you get to the Rise Against chapter then? Probably not yet. Uh, no. Yeah, he he talks about Swing Life Away and uh, just how that was like a main hit for them, but it sounds like not a, like reflective of their kind of music at all. No. <laughs> so people it's would like... hear it in like Target and then pick up the album, and the first song would be State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like screaming about politics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what happened to Green Day too with Time Your Life with a uh, Good Riddance Time Your Life. Yeah. Yeah, it's not representative of who they are. No, I'd almost say uh, um, "Float On" from Modest Mouse is similar, but not. That's I mean, also a good one. It sounds like them more than the other examples, but it's uh, not super like indicative of their no their catalog. So I've listened to a new pup song. Um, totally fine. It came out with a music video, and I know I texted you about it, and you had told me that you don't really love listening to singles, right? before an album comes out or just in general because i'm a crazy person um, yeah <laughs> it's a little crazy but i also get it because bands these days you get half the album before it comes out so i can see where you're coming from especially like when i know there's an album coming i'll usually wait till i have the full product and then just listen to it all the way through it's like yeah. if, it, if there's a one-off single and i know there's nothing coming behind it I'll probably listen a few times, but just like as a whole, I'm just always, I've always been more drawn to albums than yeah. singles. Like I know we were going to talk about the new Red Hot Chili Pepper song too. I haven't listened to that single yet either. There's an album I know there's, I believe coming. there's a new album coming. If there's not, I'll, I should probably get on that, but. So there's, there's actually two Chili Pepper singles, which I didn't realize. And one of them is like crazy funky. Like I, I really, I really like it. Well, if you don't mind, like Anthony Kiedis rapping nonsense words, which is kind of what you get with the Chili Peppers. Um, you can't not you can't like the Chili Peppers and not like that part of it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's not like the main draw of the Chili Peppers for me, but uh, it's really funky. It's it's cool. Like Flea's going hard, and then like Chad Smith is right there with him, and it's a it's a cool song. I gotta say, but. It's the other one they've been playing on the radio a lot. Black Summer is the non-funky one. And it sounds like Red Hot Chili Peppers you expect to, I guess, to hear. Yeah, it's got a kind of like a like a under the bridge vibe, um, like more like the like the chords of Under the Bridge. Okay. Um, it's cool. Yeah, it reminds me of just like classic Chili Peppers, which is nice. Um, need you, to dive back into them. Yeah, it's been a while. Are you trying to see them on their tour? Didn't even know they were touring. Oh yeah, they're touring. Um, I've never seen them before. Me either. Um, it's kind of uh, the Foo Fighters syndrome that we were talking about last week, though, because these bands are selling out stadiums, and 
it's tough <laughs> it is tough <laughs> yeah it it's you know thanks to Ticketmaster. it's it's for some 41 shows to go see the chili peppers <laughs> or the foo fighters literally though yeah yeah um so i don't know um my my friend's uncle might have a have a box so i'm trying to like drop some hints <laughs> i mean that that's one way to see them <laughs> yeah yeah it's not really the like authentic concert experience but whatever it's in a stadium like i'm not gonna be on the floor so what's the difference? still there just um, with surrounded by food and booze what's better yeah yeah and like sushi i don't know i just assume there's sushi if I go to a box and there is not sushi or lobster, <laughs> leave it. <laughs> Forget it. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> I want a lobster with my chili peppers. <laughs> like Yankee Stadium boxes, but lobster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that once uh, through like work. Like uh, Personas had seats, I think, and they like hooked it up for us. And um, yeah, a lot of sushi. So. I can my imagine my expectations are high if I wind up going to these box seats, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. Have you been uh, keeping up with the Gaslight Anthem clues? I have. It's a little annoying because now, like today, we finally got like a, we see it's a video with a projector and the countdown stops at like six. So it's like, how many? So we have like tomorrow is going to go down to like one. And then I guess Friday they'll finally announce whatever it is they're going to announce. Yeah, they're they're stretching it out quite a bit. And the first clue was the same as the projector clue, just without the video. And then they're just like, oh, we're going to add video. Um, my friend at work, um, shout out Lauren, um, she thinks that they might be counting down to a documentary, which she would be disappointed in. I think, I think we all would. I don't know. How would you feel if it was a documentary? Have it on pretty a pretty good source. Who told me it's a reunion tour? But okay. unclear if there's new music coming or like you said a documentary or anything like that. But I'm yeah. fairly confident there will be a tour of them getting back together. But I don't know if it's going to be like when they got back together a couple of years ago to play 59 Sound or if they're back back. Yeah, so Those to speak. Are two very different things. They're so like I feel like they have so much left to do. They gotta be back back. But I don't know, his solo stuff is he seems pretty happy doing that, but hmm. it's not the same. But I feel like they did leave a lot left undone with Get Hurt. Like that can't be the last album you go out on. Yeah. Your divorce album, you have to come back and make like he uses a lot of music in him, I'm sure the band does too. So I'd love to hear like what they come out with next especially after all these years. Yeah. It's just a matter of if they want to do it because we know they can. Yeah. Um, I think they do. So I hope so. We'll find I out mean, Friday. <laughs> they're, they're teasing all this stuff. Um, I was trying to think of other bands that have, have, have teased things. Um, I can. Oh, that's, you know, I knew there was like a big one that was just escaping me. Yeah. They had a great, a great album tease especially these bands that have been out of it and that like um, Midtown was one um, when they announced this reunion tour and I went back to the Instagram post and it's like they posted nothing for years and then you see like your favorite band post something the comments are wild because everyone starts freaking out and all they posted was just like 
it was just like a radio dial or something just super ominous and people people lose their shit which is a lot of fun what a marketing tool just being inactive on social media and then being active again <laughs> yeah the, the long con maybe we literally should, though maybe we should put out no more episodes for two years and then be like hey, and then come back guess what <laughs> episode three <laughs> uh after like 50 more gaslight videos like one a week yeah by, by then we might know what they're doing <laughs> um i i was uh, looking at I was thinking of um, the Bonnaroo clues. Have you ever like looked at these um, Bonnaroo festival? As they lead up to the lineup announcement, they put out like random clues that you can guess, and it'll like kind of tell you um, who who the thing is, which I kind of like. They make it into a fun little game. Do you I get free tickets if you guess right? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, That'd be nice. See. That'd be nice. They should spice yeah, it up yeah. a little bit. Free tickets, get out of here. No one's gonna Make it mean something. <laughs> I wrote some of them down, though. Um, like they, in 2016, they had one that just said, cheers to our furry friends. And they posted that. And it was for glass animals. Ah. Yeah. Little things like that. One was welcome to Springfield. Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> so just like, oh, some of them are like, a bit of a reach but i like when i like when bands or festivals get the fans involved like that but there's a there's a nice line there because if you just string them along with nonsense for it gets long, aggravating yeah like kanye comes to mind like and we don't have to go down a kanye rabbit hole this episode yeah but different like, day for that probably <laughs> when, when he's putting out an album it's like months of just cryptic nonsense and and promising dates and then they don't it doesn't drop on that date yeah and which, it happens like three more times yep which for him i guess is kind of like you're signing up for the spectacle if you're a kanye fan but i think if he was actually putting these things out the day he said then like a ton of crazy stuff like that would be fun but it could be frustrating too if you're a fan expecting an album and then it just doesn't appear <laughs> it's very annoying yeah, and then it does appear a month later and you're supposed to give up your money and support them. Uh, I'd be a little salty, but... That's why I'm a fan of the surprise thing. drop. Yeah. A new album just comes out of nowhere and it's just there. Yeah. that was um, Eminem did that. That's probably the most recent one I could think so of. So Beyonce or like Taylor Swift did it too? Or both, maybe? Possibly both. Um, Feels like something they do. Yeah. That's so Not cool. in a bad way. I don't need to pay hype after me. I'm just <laughs> saying that's what she did. <laughs> You're that famous. You don't even need promotion. Like some bees in our comments tomorrow. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> no, we we come in peace. Um, speaking of festivals, I saw uh, Lollapalooza came out with their lineup. Um, it's got Metallica on the top, um, and Dua Lipe, um, who I'm not Dua Lipa? familiar Is that it? I'm not, I'm not very familiar <laughs> with uh, her, probably, maybe. I don't know. Pretty good. Um, MG I'm not usually a big pop fan, but she's pretty good. Cool. Uh, I'll throw on like the top tracks just out of curiosity. You've probably heard them before. You just didn't know it was her. Yeah, that tends to happen. Levitating? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, um, MGK was also up there, which uh, he's huge right now. So I guess that's kind of expected. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. I have it here. Um, He'll be big on next week's show when we break that down. Yeah, he's. Uh, is it tomorrow the album comes out, or Friday? Friday, right? Yeah, it'll be tomorrow when people are listening to this. Or yeah, so know, tomorrow comes out on Friday, Thursday. Um, but yeah, there's uh, J Cole, Green Day, um, Metallica, Doja Cat, Machine Gun Kelly, Lil Baby, Kygo, and then there's just like a crazy amount on this undercard which would take forever to sift through, which we don't have to do. But um, I feel like Green Day is doing a lot of festivals this year. Yeah. Uh, See here now, too. Do they Are they even coming out with anything? Not that I'll, I'll ever complain about seeing Green Day, but I don't remember hearing them having anything in the works. They're due. I think the last thing was like 2020 was the last time they put something out. Yeah. Usually or, or was it last year? Do the festival or 2020. like this usually or have something in mind that you're touring but their last album was disappointing so hopefully if they do drop something it's something better yeah the last album uh but i just remember like really weird album art is that the one with the unicorn and all that throwing up a rainbow yeah yeah <laughs> and it kind of yeah. looked like american idiot yeah that one didn't really stick for me i like no. revolution radio um, that was great we saw them on that tour at uh barclays yeah yeah, that that album was great. Still breathing. Um, They're probably one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Now I think about it. Yeah, B- Billy Joe's just like a born performer. It's yeah, just, the dude's dude's awesome. I don't know how he does it after all these years, still too. Yeah, yeah. Just like I guess when you just are good at it and love it, it just comes natural. I like know, Mick Jagger. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All these guys, like I can't picture Billy Joe ever stopping. No, he'll be he'll be ninety doing twist and shout to King for a day. <laughs> up up there, one of my um, favorite Green Day moments, live moments. <laughs> it is fun. Uh, does Lollapalooza have the best name of any festival? Lollapalooza. <laughs> I think it does, right? La la la. Uh, warped warped tour is great but we then again not a festival (laughs) i guess it kind of is right or was a touring festival but yeah like when you think of firefly uh, yeah like that's fine i don't know but Lollapalooza, that's a great name what's the bougie one the bougie festival Uh, coachella yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah the west coast festivals coachella and Burning Man, which I don't. Burning Man. I don't know if that's as much a music festival as it is just like people getting really high in the desert. Firefest. <laughs> Firefest, <laughs> the goat. The goat. Do you think um, when we were young is going to be a Firefest in Vegas? So one of my friends has a really good theory. Now shout him out. Shout out to Frank if you're listening. He thinks it's like a trial run for when they do a bamboozle next year. Like if this goes off well, they're going to do something similar with Bamboozle here in Jersey. On the East Coast. Yeah. I mean, Bamboozle's set for 2023. There hasn't been many updates in a few years, but I know that's the plan. They got to bring it. 
if they're gonna do it under the name bamboozle like these vegas festivals are essentially bamboozle uh i hope it's good i hope so the, the last one they had in asbury was or the, was that skate and surf um I think no, no, it was it was, it was Asbury when Foo Fighters played and Bon Jovi. Oh, that's right, brand new. And... It was on yeah. the beach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was so fun. We're on the beach, brand new into Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was a blast. <laughs> that was a lot of moms. <laughs> a lot of moms. I was a lot there. of happy moms. <laughs> I was there with my my aunt and uncle and their friends. <laughs> they texted me because since we lived right there, like, we got extra tickets. You guys want to come? Hell yeah. And I was like rocking out for brand new. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> but then they got their Bon Jovi, so that's all they cared about. Yeah, we lived on a prayer out there on the Asbury shoreline. <laughs> Little runaways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun though. That's why I'm excited for see here now. Just the setting, more than anything. I mean, the I'm curious how it'll be with obviously. Stevie Nicks solo. Yeah, I. I'm assuming she'll play Fleetwood Mac songs. I think she'd be kind of crazy not to. <laughs> Maybe not exclusively, but I mean, you got to play like at least half of Rumors, right? <laughs> Is that? Am Maybe. I, I don't know. Thinking? I don't know. Just but, pretty. Um, I don't know. If, I guess it's kind of a deep solo catalog. Like yeah, Edge of 17. I, I can't say I've ever really dug into it. I just. Even Fleetwood Mac, I, I just like no rumors basically, but rumors and uh, was it Tusk? Tusk. One after that. I don't even know. Um, all right, you want to get to our interview with Nick and uh, yeah, talk some. Yeah, start over to him. We now welcome on a special guest, friend of the pod, coming all the way from Beverly Hills. He's got his pork and beans. His name. Nick Parco, senior editor, CBS Sports, senior sports editor, excuse me, CBS Sports, uh, former sports writer at New York Daily News. Um, Nick, if you're wondering if we want you to, we want you to. You're ready to talk some Weezer. I sure am. And I, I wish I, I knew it in advance this was going to be a super Weezer themed intro because <laughs> I, I would have had a witty comeback, but I don't. That's uh, okay. <laughs> That was quite the intro. <laughs> There's so many I could just make Weezer puns for like the whole interview. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I see you got a, you got the Weezer shirt, you got the blue album behind you over I the came, shoulder. Came prepared. Nick is prepared. For some Weezer. <laughs> I, I was reading. Um, I saw you and Brett wrote an article a while back. Um, blue versus pink, and Brett was arguing for blue, and you were arguing for pink, which I would be team pink if i had to pick but there we go i i assume everyone is team blue <laughs> except i'm <Brett>. still deep blue <laughs> <laughs> i put it on this week and i'm like yep this is still my favorite I mean, front to back it's just like i mean pinkerton is too it's kind of like i like pizza and i like pancakes but <laughs> i like pizza a little better That's yeah how I mean, I look just, at it too. <laughs> just because i like pinkerton more doesn't mean i don't also love the blue album exactly they're both like flawless but they're both very different which is weird coming from the same band back to back yeah the 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 band's history in general is is just like all over the map like you listen to the ep that we're going to talk about and then you listen to the older stuff and the fact that they're the same band with 
most of the same members still intact too, besides Matt Sharp. Uh, it, it's just pretty crazy to think about. Yeah, they've they've come a long way through a wide variety of singles and covers and <laughs> colors and <laughs> all a lot of things. colors. Yeah, a lot of colors. Um, so does Shakespeare make you happy, Nick? <laughs> you know the, the, the line made me laugh because isn't uh, not that i'm a shakespeare scholar but isn't the whole point of shakespeare to not make you happy like aren't they all tragedies <laughs> like i don't even really understand that lyric we want to get really technical <laughs> that's a good point i think that is like the bread and butter of shakespeare um yeah, most that... of the early weezer is kind of shakespearean with like how it's like it seems happy, but it's really not. You dig down into like what we were just or saying. Like over, how overly dramatic a, a lot of their early stuff is, like Pinkerton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially Pinkerton. Yeah, he's a drama guy, I guess. Uh, but we love him for it. Um, what, what are your thoughts? How are you guys feeling about spring season? Let Parco start. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say I went into it closed-minded, but I haven't like head over here's heels loved something they've done probably since like the red album, which at this point is a pretty long time ago. Um, yeah, so I went into it open minded, but I listened to it like three times to prepare for this, and I'm definitely not going to listen to it again after this episode. Uh, like it's all over the place, it's just as overproduced as everything they've done in the last handful of years. Don't even get me started on the lyrics besides just the Shakespeare one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not that crazy about it. I do understand why they chose that song as a lead single, because that one I think is is the best on the EP. Uh, Shakespeare, or, um, what was the, what was the I think single? I think it's a little bit of love. Yeah, that one. Um, that's the one that has that by single, far the most right? plays on Spotify. So I'm going to assume that's yeah. a single. And I do understand why they chose that as a single because it's the I'm not gonna say it's good, but it's the least really bad of the the whole bunch for sure. Yes, like I was singing along before the end of the first listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they it's super catchy. Um, I don't know. I thought um the sound of drums was was a good one too. Um, that's the one where he's singing about like uh it's good it's good to see my old friends and then. If there's a little solo in it, I don't know. I think it was like four or five. Yeah, the the solo is good in it, and the the whole like I I kind of cringe. Well, I mean, I cringe at a lot of the the lyrics now at this point from what he writes, but especially when he he gets nostalgic like that. Like I remember on the album that has the monster on the cover, everything will be all right. Yeah. They had that song back to the shack, and I was like, all right, this is cool, and then. You listen to the rest of it, and like they're clearly not trying to go back to what they used to be. Which I'm not. I'm not going to fault any band for like transforming and not just trying to sound the same as they used to. But like on on every few albums, though, they'll have a song that's like nostalgic or this is what we used to be like, and let's get back to that. And then they make no effort to follow through on it. He still has the lightning strap, though. I saw that on. On the, I guess they played Jimmy Fallon or one of those late nights this week. Yeah, DL fears. Yeah, the the. Thankfully, the I, first no, I I did notice the lightning strap first because uh, I I that's like as iconic as his glasses to me back yeah. when he wore the glasses. 
Um, but yeah, the elf years. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't pick those up till Brett pointed it out. That you pointed it out, and uh, yeah, the elf years are something. <laughs> Uh, he he looks like like a a Skyrim character or something. Like. <laughs> hey, I'm I dig my fair share of of fantasy stuff, but I don't know. National TV new single Elf Ears. That's yeah. That's I also <laughs> love Harry Potter other things with elves, uh, but I I couldn't get past him doing that on national television. There was like a dude dressed up as something weird too, like a Easter Bunny right? looking character. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I did not watch. I watched like ten seconds of the video, so I guess I didn't <laughs> yeah. get that far. Yeah, I saw some of the Instagram clip too, and they had it. The set was kind of crazy. They had all like this moss everywhere. I don't. Have you seen them live before? Um. Yes, me and Brett saw them at PNC a few years ago. Um. That was about it, though. I never. I've never seen them in like a small club, which is where I'd like to see them, but it's never worked out. I. I just asked because I actually saw them on Halloween night at Hammerstein Ballroom in like 2009 or 2010, and they wore like over the top ridiculous costumes the entire time, which is what that performance reminded me of. That was like Ratitude era, right? Yeah, and I, I if memory serves correct, I think Matt and Kim was the opener, kind of before they, not that Matt and Kim's like a huge band now, but they're definitely more popular now. Didn't you get to see like Pinkerton in full at one of those shows, or that was a different show? So it's weird. They've always been like like they were one of the first bands they ever fell in love with. I've always loved Weezer, despite all the shit I've spoken about them in the last fifty minutes. Um, but I never saw them in concert until I got to college, and it's because they were pumping out albums and just touring constantly. So I didn't see them until like '08. And then I saw them like 12 times in the span of like six years because they, they just always toured around here. Um, I saw them on the Memories tour. So I want to say that's Hurley is, is the album that Memories is on. And yeah, I went back to back nights. The first night they played the Blue Album and the second night they played Pinkerton. Wow. And at Roseland Ballroom, rest in peace, which was way too small of a venue for them to play because it was like alarmingly packed both nights. Um, and you know, as much as I, I ride for Pinkerton and say it's the better album, the Blue Album Night was better because they played a bunch of B sides. So, like, they played Jamie and Suzanne for the first Suzanne. time in like 25 years or something. It was insane. That's awesome. They, they put on a, a really great show. I just remembered I, I saw them open for Blink once too. And obviously, like, it's hard not to be a Weezer fan, but I wasn't like deep into Weezer at that point. Like it, I didn't discover like Pinkerton till college and whatever, but I left that Blink show thinking Weezer stole the show like by far. They just really, Rivers was just, he was so great on stage. He did, he did this thing where he like, he started playing Island in the Sun with his looper pedal and just like built the whole song in front of you. It's really cool. And then they do those medleys me and Brett were talking about last week where they just string together a bunch. It's always fun. They have so yeah, many songs that you can't play them. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's that's a good point. They have a lot of music, and they're, he's like an underrated musician, Rivers. Um, he's a really good guitarist. He really and is. He has been for a really long time, and it's like you kind of like first hear it on, on like Maladroit and the Green album because the, the Blue Album stuff is a lot of 
Brian Bell, but even the, the, the catchy stuff on Blue Album is Jason Cropper, who didn't even make it like to the Blue Album tour, I don't think. He left the band before it. They brought but in Brian like, Bell. Yeah, and they put in Brian Bell for the Blue Album tour. But like on the first album, My Name is Jonas, Surf Wax America, and like all the other awesome riffs are, are not Rivers or Brian Bell, it's the original guy. But since then, yeah, Rivers, just like their songs have solos now when, when the early stuff didn't really have that many solos. He's a, he's a really good good guitarist. Goes back to like his Kiss roots and all his hair metal solos <laughs> that he enjoys. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, I don't know if this is like a fair assumption, but I feel like most of my favorite Weezer songs have unique solos and then the songs where the solo just kind of like mirrors the vocal melody are less are less good uh, i don't know um i think it just shows like more it's more interesting than just like riffing on the vocals but yeah i definitely when i think of their solos i think of the ones that don't go along with, don't go along with the vocals like i think tired of sex probably is is his best solo that solo is insane i could never yeah, I would have no idea. And and but even more quote unquote recent stuff like um, make believe has a couple of good solos. Purpose situation has a really good yeah, solo. It's a great solo. The way it builds is so nice. But that kind of gets into like the kind of the duality of Weezer, if you will. Like you have the pop side and you have the guitar driven side. I feel like Nick, you agree with me? Like we're kind of more you lean towards the guitar side of Weezer. But there's like a ton of fans out there that love the pop stuff. Like there's, believe it or not, fans that love like the Black Album and Pacific Daydream. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't get it. Like I need my Weezer to have guitars in it. But there is that faction of the fan base. And that's kind of why like they're so divisive. And why like there's all these different conversations about this band all the time where people can really never seem to agree one way or the other. Brett, what do you yeah. think about mandolins and flutes? Because we got a lot of that on on this spring season album. I mean, Were you feeling it? I didn't hate it. Like, I kind of there's so many like Weezer releases now. I kind of just look at them like if I was putting together like a Spotify playlist of like my favorite Weezer songs, like going through their entire like discography. Are there like a handful of songs I could pull off this that I'd add to that playlist? And with this, I found like three. I want to say like obviously the single I thought was great. And I'm a bit of a mush. So I thought a little bit of love was a great song. I would put opening night on there, and I liked the closer wild at heart, especially like the little breakdown at the end. Yeah. I'm always a sucker for those. But the rest was kind of it didn't really didn't really hit as much as those three did. Like I didn't mind it. It did sound like it did nail what they were going for with a an EP that sounds like spring. But yeah. again, if I was building a Weezer playlist, I'm only taking three from this EP, and I'm kind of leaving the rest to stay on the back. EP. <laughs> I, I to me it just it sounds so overproduced this EP which is like kind of a common theme with their stuff now but the early stuff and, and the stuff that I fell in love with that's guitar heavy was like Rico Kasich producing the first one I want to say they produced Pinkerton but it was always like musicians and you could hear everything being played and on this new one like I, I don't even hear Scott Schreiner playing bass in like any of these songs that's a good point. If he's in it, the mix is super low because I barely hear a bass guitar. Yeah, the, the bass didn't really come through to me. Maybe on the last track that Brett mentioned because that was kind of the heavier one of the bunch. Mm -hmm. I did really like, um, there were a lot of good backing vocals on this album, like just like whoa, whoa's and ah's, like kind of Beatles-y 
style, which I I appreciated a lot. But yeah, it fell a little flat for me. Um, I liked it more on like consecutive listens, which I probably wouldn't have gave it if not for <laughs> the pod. <laughs> but um, I stuck with it and I listened to it walking around the block and I liked it way more walking around the block. I don't know. It's just the spring theme, but being outside and like the, there's like birds at the beginning of that Garden of Eden song. And I just thought there were just birds near me. Then I realized it was a song and like, <laughs> I just like felt the spring vibe more. Being it outside. fits the theme. Yeah. Go for a walk and listen to the album. <laughs> just, just try it once. It was, it was interesting. I also thought, uh, like, what was it, uh, Angels on Vacation? That that was such a weird song. Like, it gave me, like, an existential crisis. And, like, Angels on Vacation, like, wait, angels take vacations? Wait, if we die and become angels, we still have to work when we die and we need vacations? <laughs> yeah, wait. And like, I get wrapped up in that thought instead of actually like, listening to the song. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? He's like, hang your halos at the door, like, the big band's not watching or something. That's it. <laughs> There, there were some lyrics that that kind of caught my ear. The, um, the one, uh, I wrote it down. I don't, I don't remember the song. Um, uh, it starts off with, um, he's, he's flying a key on a kite, waiting for lightning, or something like that. I just thought it was, it was kind of clever and had that nice alliteration to it, which I got wrong because I don't remember what he said. But <laughs> something about a key and a kite. I, I the thing that. with like the easy rhymes is have you guys seen this interview he gave like seven or eight years ago where he said he has a spreadsheet and he basically just like mixes and matches things that rhyme and that's how he creates songs now and song exploder uh, right he yeah he said it on, on the song exploder podcast and it that to me that tastes like the the air out of everything that when you're listening to this, you're like, oh, this isn't that bad. And then you're like, wait, did he just like control F yeah. to try and find words that rhyme? And like, that's how this was built because that takes the magic out of it for me big time. Yeah, it's definitely like takes a little sincerity out of it for sure. Like, I don't think he was he was using a, a rhyming dictionary on Pinkerton. No. <laughs> he was just going from the heart. Exactly. And, and like, that's the thing about the earliest stuff. Like, I don't need to have another Pinkerton like I probably wouldn't want him to be feel like he used to feel that he felt the need to write Pinkerton again because he was clearly messed up when he wrote it um but yeah this EP I, I will say the Angels on Vacation I, I wrote down some notes it kind of reminded me of Dreamin from the Red Album that had like a similar outro so I was like hey this is oh, kind yeah. of a throwback to an era I don't completely hate of Weezer the bridge on that song was really good when it got like dark and quiet for a while mm -hmm. i really oh that's that. right i remember that one now yeah that that caught me by surprise like i was i remember just it's such like an upbeat album and then that little bridge comes in you're like whoa what's what's he doing here what's i love the red album might legitimately be my third favorite album of theirs yeah i i always gravitated more towards um everything will be all right the end i as far as like post pink and blue I don't know why. I just I really like that album a lot. There's a couple of really strong ones on that. Um, like I was like I was saying before, "Back to the Shack" is is really good. Yeah, yeah, and then um, the British are coming, and like there were a few others, just like the instrumentals, especially were good solos and stuff. But 
Um, the song you're just talking about, um, the Garden of Eden, kind of reminded me a little, or Angels on Vacation, of the Good Life riff from Pinkerton, because it had that little bop, 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 Yeah. Anything that could make me think of Pinkerton for a second is always, always kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually have it written down here. My favorite thing about listening to this on Spotify was that I listened to it three times. So, like, when you're done with it, it, it goes to, like, Weezer Radio. And the first time after this horrific EP ended, Tired of Sex turned on. And then on the second play, The World Has Turned and Left Me Here came on. And I was go. like, okay, this wasn't a total waste because Spotify knows me well enough at this point that they put on something I actually like afterwards. They dangle a treat there for you. Yeah. Yeah, I do appreciate like bands that have been around this long. You, you put on their new stuff, and even if you don't love it, it makes you like go down their rabbit hole for a little bit like i've been listening to weezer like all week and i'll i'll listen to this and then i put on pink i put on everything will be all right and then kind of just those two but it was just nice to revisit weezer for a while yeah, you have to kind of respect a band that's been around this like i don't listen to many bands at a high level that have been around this long like i love i loved the foo fighters at one point in my life I probably haven't really played one of their records a lot since um, Wasting Light, which is like, what, 10 or 11 years ago? Like the last and great album like they made. Three, and they've had like three records since then, probably. Yeah. Parker, I had a, a quick follow-up question for you because you, you said at the beginning, so you said your last favorite album from them was Red, right? From Weezer? Yeah. But like so, I, I would put that in like the borderline masterpiece category. Yeah. Okay. So did you like hate all the ones that came after? Like, did you like enjoy white? I know we kind of talked about everything will be all right in the end, but like, did you hate the white album? Or I know um, like kind of Pacific Daydream and Black were not good. Teal, maybe, the cover up. Let me get their discography okay, up. Um, so from Red, we have. Okay. So Red's before Ratitude and Hurley, which I don't hate Ratitude and Hurley as much as most Weezer fans do. How was the Hurley re-listen today? You said you were you were refreshed, you are re-listening to that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think Memory's good. I think Runaway is really good, and I think that's, they, they wrote that song with Ryan Adams, actually. Um, what else is Wait, good? can we say that? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know he's canceled. <laughs> Hang On's not a bad one. Like, there's some real gems on that and Ratitude. Um, Unfortunately, Nick, I don't really care for everything will be a right in the end looking over the track listing. Uh, Lonely Girl's good. Lonely Girl sounds like a Green Album song. I love um, Green Album. But from from the White Album, I remember King of the World. That's one that jumps out to me of a really catchy one that I liked. But since then, yeah. So, no, I do not care for Pacific Daydream. I really don't care for the Teal Album. And I hated that that kind of like reinvigorated <laughs> Weezer because it like you don't like go on to do shit like that. Like don't like no, it's it's not a good cover. I don't know why people like the Africa cover. Like and the fact that the internet liked it so much that it gave them the confidence to like build a whole record around it. No, thank you. What about the two from last year? Okay, Human and uh, Van Weezer. Van Weezer, I, I haven't listened to and don't really have a desire to listen to because I don't really care for the source material, like the that sound, like the hair metal. Yeah, I don't. 
that's not i'm more of like if we're going 80s i'm more of like a cure or like pixies depeche mode person than than van halen uh, yeah i mean i am from new jersey so i don't really have a choice <laughs> that's like in my dna um and okay human if you get past the title which are, are they like trying to make fun of radiohead i don't really get it yeah, that's what I thought. Like, like I that's guess it's a pun on OK Computer, which I know they've covered Radiohead in the past, so he clearly likes Radiohead. Um, but then it sounded the... like the Beach, the Beach Boys, that whole album. Like they like made like an album name that was a tribute to Radiohead, but then it was like a Beach Boys sounding album. <laughs> What's the all, all my favorite songs? Is that the one? That's the song on that album. Yeah, that's the open. Yeah, that was the single. That's a good song. And I don't remember any other song on that record. Yeah, I'm kind of a lot of pianos. There was the Grapes of Wrath song where he just like sang about books, which is kind of similar to the Shakespeare song. And numbers. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm looking over the track listing, and I don't remember anything besides all my favorite songs. But I do remember during quarantine, they did like some kind of live orchestral like arrangement of it, which I imagine is way more easy to listen to than than the final versions that are on Spotify. So so Nick, what um of the upcoming seasons, what do you what do you have the highest hopes for? I mean, when it's Weezer, like it has to be summer, right? Like they're kind of a summery band, although my favorite album of theirs is very much not a summer record. But I mean, I think of Weezer and yeah, like Blue Album, Green Album, everything besides Pinkerton basically is summer sounding. Um, so I would assume that'll probably wind up being my favorite one. You know what the winner, what they're going for with the winner one, right? No. <laughs> River said he's aiming for like Elliot Smith. Yeah, I'm sure that'll go over well. With the, with, I'm sure the spreadsheet he'll be able to get dig out some stuff that sounds like Elliot Smith. And then fall, I think he said like the Strokes. Uh, okay, I don't hate that because I love the Strokes. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down. With Although that. I don't really think fall or autumn when I hear the Strokes. I don't either. No, I, I think I'd have, they're another summer band. I think of. Unless maybe he said the summer was Strokes. I might be mixing that up. That would make more sense, maybe. I would dare I say be kind of excited to hear them try and do something like that. Yeah, the strokes are more raw sounding than the overproduced style that Exactly. Have. Yeah, they 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 have like that garage sound and they yeah. they kind of always have, which is why they're one of my favorite bands. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to Is This It today because me and Brett we're gonna get into later albums that make us think of spring, like other albums and Spoiler alert for later. I think that's one of them. Like that gives me spring vibes for sure. Just, yeah, yeah they, they've been they're another one of my favorites for years. I'm actually seeing them in a couple of weeks. They're playing a, a rescheduled New Year's Eve show at Barclays Center, which I'm pretty excited for. Oh, that's is their new stuff good? I haven't listened to any of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's they've it's always good. kind of stayed true to themselves. Okay. They, they don't you you kind of know what you're, what you're getting when you when you put on one of their records, yeah. Unlike Weezer, <laughs> <laughs> which can be a blessing and a curse, depending on what you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get Shakespeare makes you happy, but not Parka. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
The new Weezer does not make me happy. <laughs> but like, like I said, it, it's I feel bad crapping on them because they they're like a huge part of my life. They were my first or second favorite band, probably after like Oasis or U2 when I was a little kid. And I so I've been listening to them for like 25 years. Absolutely love them. I just don't like their current stuff. I think uh, there's a lot of fans that have the same sentiment, but that's uh, the beauty of being a Weezer fan. You you get to have these strong opinions and see what Rivers is going to give you. And we'll always listen. It's just a matter of if it sticks or not. I will always let. Yeah, I'll always at least listen to whatever they do once, except that Van Weezer thing, which I have no desire to. <laughs> yeah, I love Van Halen, so I actually. Love that yeah. one too. So most of it, they literally did a straight up crazy train cover on one of them, on one of the songs. Yeah, I don't know where along the line they decided to like start doing a bunch of covers. Someone tweeted I, at them. I, like, well, yeah, no, I know that story <laughs> behind the, the Toto thing, but it's like I've seen them probably more than I've seen any other live band, and they never cover people live. They don't have to. Oh, well, they have that, that's a good catalog. Point. Yeah, but like in the last few years, it's just these covers, and maybe I'll listen to the Crazy Train when I'm like, because I like that song. Yeah, I forgot the name of the song though, so it shows how much it stuck with yeah, me. But he just has to listen to the whole album to find. Yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll, I could do it like a spreadsheet, like he does, and and find the stuff that I like on it. <laughs> Control F, Crazy Train. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well nick this has been awesome um we definitely have to have you back when um summer comes out and we'll see what you so you guys are gonna force me to listen to all of these eps this year aren't you might as well bring you on for all four of them <laughs> yeah yep. and then a fifth episode where we could just really give our thoughts on on all of them all over again <laughs> all right sounds good i'll be back around every solstice is that the plan that they're, they're releasing these yep. right yep and then next year they'll do months. They'll do like January, February. <laughs> You're not. I love you guys. You're not getting me to listen to twelve movies <laughs> in one year. But we'll, we'll see. This one could be our most listened to episode, and then the fans can demand it. Yeah. Thanks for. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave now. But thanks for having me on. And uh, I guess I look forward to returning more so to talk to you guys than to talk about Weezer. But uh, I'll, I'll talk to you in a few months. I guess. Can't wait. Thanks so hey, much. Hey, we're looking man. forward to it. Fun. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks to Nick for coming on. That was fun. Um, in the theme of Weezer and spring season, me and Brett are going to break down some albums that make us think of spring. So, Brett, I'll throw it to you first. What do you got? So before I give you a couple, I want to see if you're the same way as me. Okay. Are like a lot of your selections kind of from like bands you discovered in the springtime in your youth, and then they become like bands you turn to in the spring? So that that would make sense, but that's not what happened for me. Okay. Um, I couldn't think of bands that I specifically like a summer band. You can seems easier, or like a winter band. But spring is such a like weird like bee season. <laughs> no disrespect to springtime if you're listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I can't pinpoint like 
can't pinpoint too many things. So like my go-tos are, so like I discovered Nirvana in the spring, like growing up. So like I, I love to put their on like the unplugged album around this time of year. And, you know, of course, Little Nevermind and In Utero yeah. Yeah. of Ocean Avenue, Yellow Card. It's a good one. I know it's a summer album, but yeah, was... you don't get the summer without spring. So <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a summer album, but you're right. Did you just honest, discover it in the spring? That's discover that's it in the spring. The and then, then that pretty much came the soundtrack of that summer, too, but it was discovered in the spring. Very nice. Uh, then honestly, a lot of these are pop punk because I got into pop punk for the first time at in springtime when I was around like 12, 13, maybe a little younger. So that's why I like Blink, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, uh-huh. big spring album for me. Uh, also, yeah. Dude Ranch because that was when I was discovering them. So obviously, I want to dig into like everything they had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some 41. Wrong with those. Ooh. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. See, I, I got, I got them for, uh, for Christmas. I got all killer, no filler. My 83 year old grandma bought it for me. <laughs> I remember her handing me the album. That's awesome though. Yeah. I like, I put it on my list. Like she definitely didn't know what was going on, but just her handing me that album with all their faces on it. Just always stuck with me but i hear this will make you happy yeah yeah i guess that that would be an album i received in the winter but i don't know if i consider that a winter album so i might be with you on spring um i had nirvana on mine um never mind hey there we go yeah i mean they have a song called in bloom like (laughs) what's more spring than in bloom should have mentioned that i'm glad (laughs) you did (laughs) um and then um I mentioned during the interview with Nick, um, the strokes, is this it? Um, I'm not like, I don't know much strokes, but I know that album and I don't know. It just gives me, gives me spring vibes. It's got that like surfer rock, like broken down guitars. Yeah. Just, uh, I like it. And then, um, I got some Beatles like revolver feels like that kind of like upbeat, like not too, too crazy i don't know they're good spring music i'd say yeah the beatles yeah it's it's definitely a season where you're looking for happier music um winter is easy to go down like the emo rabbit hole um a lot of acoustic yeah some dashboard yeah um shout out to parka for the dashboard reference (laughs) (laughs) yeah i spring's a nice it's a nice time for music um things are getting happier but they're not um I, I like to mirror it with the the vibe of the actual seasons, which I guess isn't too much of a surprise. But um, yeah, you're not in full blown like party mode of summer yet, but you're kind of coming out of hibernation and coming you're back revving up. Yeah, go definitely listen to make a nice little playlist. Um, I'll throw this in now. Um, I was gonna say it at the end, but um, um, I made a playlist for the podcast, and I'll. Uh, I'll just put on songs we talk about each week and if anyone wants to listen you can follow that and i'll just keep updating it we'll put all of the weezer spring ep on there yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe two or three <laughs> i think opening night should definitely kick it off <laughs> yeah shakespeare makes me happy <laughs> man the first time i put that one on i didn't know what was happening <laughs> Like, then it hits the 42nd mark and then it's like all right this is yeah, a yeah it's very like jarring at first 
I I don't know. I I enjoyed it. it. I did enjoy it. They wanted to make an album like Spring, and I think they did it. So I think they nailed it. They're getting yeah. the bird, the bird sounds in there. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I I liked it. Um, yeah, but like I said, three three big takeaways from it. But otherwise, it's good background music for like, walking around, like you said, taking a hike. Walk it, walk around, it on. and listen to it. I'm telling you, that's that's the formula. They should put that on like, like the listening rules. Walk around and listen to this. Walk around outside. Don't just walk around your house. Not in your house. <laughs> um, what do we got coming up next week? Um, I know. Um, you mentioned a new MGK album on Friday. I so think that's, that's going to be a bulk of our episode next week. So I'm curious if it's going to be more of the same or if he does something different. But either way, it's going to make people are going to react strongly to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> one way or the other. So there, we'll have plenty to talk about with that one. I'm sure. I have a lot of opinions about that album that I haven't heard yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Kevin Devine is coming out with a new album on Friday. Um, I only recently got into him. He was always kind of like just like another guy in that whole like um, front bottoms Manchester orchestra world. Um, but he's really good. <laughs> Listen to him for a couple months and um, he's got a lot of his earlier stuff is more singer songwriter. And then later he gets full, he gets a full band for a lot of it. And he's just, the music's creative. Um, it's different. Um, I'm excited for this one. There's three singles out now and they're all very good. I have to listen to him more. I only know like two songs, like ball game and brother's blood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Both are, of them are great songs though. So yeah, he's got an album on like circle square, something like that. Um, that's great. And then um, listen to listen to the new one uh, Friday because he's talk doing, about it next week. Doing good things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a voicemail. Yes. Very exciting. Um, I'm gonna get it ready right now. Um, our friend called in. Let's. let's I was gonna say, should I pretend time. like we don't know him, or is it okay to act like we know him? <laughs> no, nah, we know because him. we love Vinny. Yes. Yes. Get it up. Should have had it ready. It's okay. Okay, here we go. Hey, Nick. Hey, Brett. Big fan of the pod. I've been listening to you guys since the beginning. I just wanted to ask if there was ever a time where you guys were really down on a show, like you didn't want to go and you forgot you had tickets, um, or you saw a band that you weren't really into and then you actually came out of the whole thing with a, a really positive experience or fell in love with a band that you weren't really into. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Um, I will listen off air for my answer. All right. Thank you, Vinny. It's a great, great question. first question. Yeah. It wasn't a plant. He, that was his question. And it's a great one. It really had me thinking for, for like a couple of days before I really came to an answer that I liked. Um, what, what, what do you got, Brett? What are you thinking? So the first, I laughed thinking about the first part of this question. I want to see if you remember. Do you remember when we didn't go see Thrice in like the summer of 2016? We had tickets and we just didn't feel like going, so we didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even like sell them. We just didn't go. <laughs> That's horrible. We just ate the money and didn't go. Was it raining? <laughs> it no, it was like it was at Starland. <laughs> ah, dude. 
not cool. Now I regret not going because I love the race. But yeah, that did happen. AC Beer Fest this year. We're playing um, with Bayside, right? Yeah. Wait, I I don't. I vaguely remember. Probably don't remember because we didn't go. Damn. That's probably why. Damn. Yeah, that that one definitely would fall under the category. Yeah, <laughs> we literally didn't go. That's that's a rough one. But I don't think I've ever like had tickets to a show and be like, man, I really don't want to go. I don't know if maybe I learned my lesson from that show and I'm like, all right, I'm only going to buy tickets for shows I really, really want to go to. Yeah, there was there was one show. Uh, my uncle and I had tickets to see Bullet for My Valentine in the city on like a Tuesday. And it was just like torrential downpour. And we were we were like just coming off some like like a death in the family like not that long ago we're we just weren't up for it and we just bailed and ate the tickets too which was disappointing but i mean going into the city in a thunderstorm on a tuesday no one's understandable especially that all the circumstances around it yeah i think we were trying to force ourselves back to just like normal life a little too fast or we probably had the tickets before um things went down but yeah that that one kind of hurt um I will say there to answer Vinny's question about a band you weren't super high on that you then saw. And, I got two. Um, one that comes to mind for me um, when I was doing music journalism at a college, I was asked to cover this band called Foxing, who I think we know now. Um, and it was their first album. Um, I listened to it a little, like just doing prep. Um, and I went to the show. This was at Webster Hall. I went by myself and um, it was in the basement of Webster Hall, which I didn't even know was a thing until this time, which is it's what it sounds like. It's just like underneath the main stage is just this basement with a smaller stage. Um, and they blew me away. It was an unreal show. It was such a small, tiny spot and just like, the passion and energy and um, music coming out of these guys was was unreal, and I, I've been a fan since. Um, that was a big one, and it's not that I wasn't excited for it, but I didn't have much expectations. They're just some up and coming band on a debut album, and they knocked it out of the park. That show was that show was awesome. So they're still such a good live band, too. Yeah, they're really talented. Um, they put out an album kind of recently, which I want to go back to. I actually didn't like love it that much, which I know it sounds funny after me just talking them up, but um, they shot for pop. Yeah, they they kind of stopped like yelling as much, which I I like that more than just like the slower like um, monotone. I don't know. I'll get like yelling shot, on this podcast. Yes. Yeah. Just. Just scream, scream and play. Go from quiet to loud. That's that's what I like. And Foxing does that very well. Or yes, they do. Did it very well. Um, yeah. So that that would be that would be my answer, Vinny. Um, what do you what are you thinking, Brett? So I had two for this. I'm probably cheating a little bit, but uh, I remember when I saw Blink 182 back in 2011. They were playing with My Chemical Romance on that Honda Civic tour. Yeah. And the opening for them. It's a little band called Manchester Orchestra. 
who going into that show I'd never heard of before. And they come out and they play Pride. And the song just blew me away because the song is like such an epic build and like a really catchy guitar riff. And I was just hooked for like the rest of their set. And I like went home and I like downloaded Me Never Think Nothing. And I've been a band. I've been a, I've been a band of the fan. I've been a fan of the band ever since like that show. And they're incredible live still. And but who would have thought going to that show with those big headliners that yeah. probably my favorite part of the night was them, believe it or not. But so that was my first one. The second one you were actually there for when we saw Food Fighters at City Field. Do you remember when Royal Blood opened for them? Yeah. Which yes. is like these they were unbelievable, like waiting online for merch so I can get my City Field Foo Fighters <laughs> Mets merch to bring home. And like we had to like rush back to our seats because we were like really digging the band. And yeah. we get back and we see it's just two guys, the drummer and a guitarist, but they sound like their sound just like explodes out of the speakers. And that first album was great, like Out of the Black, Figure It Out, Little Monsters. I mean oh, their yeah. their other albums haven't been as good as that one, but like they blew me away, and that was at a Foo Fighters show. And Foo Fighters are my favorite band, so yeah. it says a lot when the opener stands out to you. I feel like you're right. Um, Royal Blood, actually, now that you mention it, they did that for me twice because when I was with you, you had, had that feeling. Then I forgot about them. Then, <laughs> then I went with my friend Josh to uh, I think it was uh, Governor's Ball in uh, 20. 17 i don't know it's not important um and tool was headlining so that was like mainly why why we were going and uh royal blood played before them and i left thinking holy shit these guys really bring it so and i must have forgot that they brought it for foo fighters they did (laughs) (laughs) so they did it for me twice so maybe i should uh put them back on maybe they'll be a spring band (laughs) especially that uh self-titled album yeah wow i forgot all about them yeah and then uh one more i got um jimmy world which isn't like the hottest of takes because i think everyone can agree jimmy world is an awesome band but there's been so many festivals and shows that i've been to where they were a part of it and i left just thinking that jimmy world was the best best of the day um bamboozle in asbury um they brought it um they opened for green day at my first concert ever when i was like 12 and they're just they're really good live band i would highly recommend seeing them and that brooklyn show we went to like i still can't get sandra to come out to shows because like she thinks nothing's ever going to top how great they were that night she's probably she's not wrong that was an unbelievable show yeah that 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 venue was cool too i'd like to get back there Uh, brooklyn steel Steel? yeah yeah Look, look it up, see what's on the lineup. Although, not time to travel into the city these days. No. <laughs> I remember the last time I was in Brooklyn, maybe for... For that? No, it couldn't <laughs> have been modern baseball. Men, probably the Menzingers, honestly. Speaking of... If I had to guess. April 2nd, Starland. Not against it. All right. I'm we'll pretty talk. sure I'm free that weekend, so... We'll, we'll talk. It... You you have to go for the podcast. We have to go for the podcast. It's not that we want to go to the show, but now that we're doing this podcast, we have to go to even more for shows. research. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's so we could tell our wives, <laughs> <laughs> or we just bring them. 
could try. It's yeah. tough getting Sandra out the shows now. <laughs> yeah, Nicole wants to come to the the Rise Against You show. We've been at, she's been out of crowds for so long that I know her, and I've heard it from many other people too. Just the thought of like going back into a huge concert can be a little intimidating. There's a lot of kind. It was a little bit of a wake up going back to Rise Against last summer. I think that was like the first show back. But then, like, after the first minute, it's like, all right, I'm actually glad, like, I'm back in this. Like, life feels normal again. Yeah. Yeah. We need we need concerts. We do. We do. Um, yeah, I think that, that wraps up our show. Um, we got MGK next week. Uh, Kevin Devine. Um, we'll Maybe a guest. It. Maybe a guest. I hope so. Um, we'll, we'll get it in the works. Episode two in the books thank you everybody we love you i love you too (laughs) peace bye